Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman. I am mom to Skylar, who is an incredible adult son with severe nonverbal autism. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast four years ago was that the content of each episode bring hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. In sharing the many relatable caregiver stories and experiences, I hope that you never feel like you have to travel your parenting journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my Facebook page, Welcome to My Life, Skylar's World, or Instagram, Welcome to My Life, underscore Lori Hellman, and let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, could I ask a favor that you please leave a rating and a written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to season four of Living the Sky Life. Hello, and I appreciate you tuning back in to another episode of Living the Sky Life. I'm going to do things a little bit different over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to throw it back and pull up some older uh, episodes that I have recorded over time. There are a few of my favorites, and um, I don't think that they maybe got the listening attention that they deserved at the time. Um, So my first um, re-release is going to be with Corey and Andrea Landreth. They are the parents of Trent, and their account on social media is Drawings by Trent. They have become really good friends of mine since recording and since getting to know them um, when we were doing this episode. And um, I just think the world of them and their family. So please enjoy this re-released episode of Living the Sky Life. Thank you for tuning back in for another episode of Living the Sky Life. I had the pleasure of sitting down with the parents of an incredible artist named Trent. Their social media following has been seen by viewers all over the world with Trent's incredible drawing. So please welcome Corey and Andrea Landreth. They are the parents of four grown children. They moved to El Dorado, Kansas to begin Real Life Christian Church in 2006, where Corey is the lead pastor. Andrea is a school psychologist in the public school system. They began the Drawings by Trent business in 2015 for their son with the goals of encouraging families, educating communities, and inspiring everyone through Trent's art and their story. There were many difficult years, but seeing Trent's raw joy and incredible ability brings hope to families going through the struggles of raising a child on the spectrum. So please enjoy my conversation with Corey and Andrea. So welcome back to Living the Sky Life. My guests today are Corey and Andrea Landreth. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Absolutely. I, you know, stumbled upon you guys through your drawings by Trent. Actually, your TikTok. My daughter has me watching TikTok now. I'm just an <laughs> observer. I don't post anything. <laughs> but I found oh, yeah, there until a couple months ago. Yeah, it's um, it's so neat though, really, who you can find and connect with. And so that took me to your Instagram account. And then I just found myself buried in all of Trent's drawings and your website and just everything about you guys. So I'm so excited to talk to you a lot about your journey through autism with Trent. Um, And is Trent 24 now? He will be 24 on November 4th. Okay. So I'm close. (laughs) I was trying to Uh do math there too. Um, So I'm not going to take you all the way back because I'm sure in all of your social media, you guys have talked about Trent and and his diagnosis and all of that um, from years back. But um, I kind of wanted to just kind of start out. You have noted 
that Trent was diagnosed with autism at two. So um, I, as I know, that was a time where really people weren't talking about autism that much. It was kind of around the time my son was diagnosed too. Um, but your, the drawing came up because you said he has been drawing really since he could hold a pen. So I, I kind of just want to know where all of that started when you started seeing him drawing on walls and trampolines and <laughs> anything he could get his hands on. So whoever wants to, to take that. Uh, I, I, I can't even remember like the first time. I mean, we know the time frame, <laughs> the time range, but I can't remember the first time that, that we found something. It just was like, I don't know. It was just like all of a sudden mm -hmm. there's drawings around. Do you remember Andy? I don't really remember. Yeah. He, he, of course, scribbled right away as soon as he could hold a pen and it was just turning yeah. into drawings. And he was doing other crazy things like uh, he had no speech, but he would get his play alphabet letters and he would line the alphabet up backwards on the floor. And mm -hmm. so there were all kinds of things that we were like, whoa, <laughs> the things that come out of this kid are incredible. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And drawing, drawing was one of those things. And, you know, I was, I was, well, his younger brother was born exactly two years after him. So, you know, we had a baby at that time when he was diagnosed and two older kids. Mm -hmm. So uh, we were just really raising kids and <laughs> his, his art was incredible, but he was hard. We mm -hmm. had lots of babies. It yeah. was just, yeah. um, it, it was hard to focus on his drawing. Yeah, was it always animals or did he kind of gravitate to trees and flowers and things like that first? And is it? No, I think Andrea, how old was he when he drew on Tristan's <clears throat> little plastic kitchen? <laughs> I think I think he was probably around maybe four years old. Yeah. Three or, three or four. So I, I think initially it was, um, well, I, I don't know so that, that the the um, the kitchen episode. Uh, Trent had gone into his older sister Tristan's room. She had one of those little uh, plastic play kitchen mm -hmm. things, um, and uh, and he had he had wandered in there, and I was looking for him. I don't remember if anybody else was in the house, <laughs> and I walked up behind him while he was drawing on the the ver the top like the like the range hood of the um of the kitchen and i stood behind him and watched him draw these things and he and the thing i noticed was that he was going from right to left oh that's interesting which was odd yeah. right you know i mean that, that was strange so i stood behind him for a little bit and i watched him he drew about two or three things and i thought i couldn't figure out what it was it's like this really curly q thing it was really strange and then I walked around to the other side of the kitchen so I could kind of face him. And all of a sudden it, it hit me. He was drawing the alphabet, lowercase alphabet from right to left, upside down and backwards. So that as I walked around the kitchen and looked at him face to face, I could see A, B, C, D, E, F. Oh, and, I think and it's so, for G. And you yelled, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy. So, and so they all had these little curly cues on them, 
like the A and then the bottom had a little. And so it's it difficult perfect. to recognize what it was from behind him. And then you walk around and it's just like, and so that's how life has been with him. We look at it from one direction mm -hmm. and it doesn't make any sense and we can't figure it out. And then you kind of go around and you're like, oh my goodness, this is incredible. So how did he then, because his drawings now, I mean, what I what I enjoy so much is watching when he is drawing, one, he uses a Sharpie. I'd have to use a pencil because I've been doing a lot of erasing. He's very confident yeah. and he should be. I mean, it's incredible. Like when he's drawing like a tiger face, it's so purposeful and it's so exact. And I know he sees it in his mind, I'm sure, and then puts it on the paper. But now it's, you, you would think based on that analogy that he would draw the tail first and then kind of work his way. But now it seems like he draws it from front to back or the way that we would normally draw it. But mm -hmm. well, I think it depends. So in one of the videos that we just posted, one of the viral videos that just went on, um, we asked him to draw four animals from from behind. And each, so he drew an elephant, a tiger, a bunny, and a cat. And each of those animals, he started with the tail. He drew <laughs> okay. the tail. Because you said from behind, then, so yeah. I guess. And that's the first thing that you, like, in, if you think in layers, that's the first thing you come to. <laughs> yeah. So he, he drew the tail of each animal, like he drew the elephant tail, and then he drew the rest of the elephant around it and was in perfect proportion. It was exactly where it was supposed to be. And so and one of the cool things is so many people who have been commenting on, on his TikTok videos and stuff talk about, um, they, they call him like a, like a human um, printer mm -hmm. because of the way it just cut, like it's perfect when it comes out. Whatever picture is in his hand, yeah. his hand, yeah. That's what's so neat yeah. about how literal a lot of our kids are with autism, but yeah. him specifically, I mean, obviously you've gotten tons of feedback, but the alligator on a leash thing was the funniest thing. I showed my husband, I'm like, this is such a great, you know, visual of how our kids think. And like, you yeah. know, you tell them something and they exactly, you know, form that into yeah. whatever they see. So Mm-hmm. Trent, when he was a toddler, as soon as he could look at books himself, he was obsessed with books. And so oh, yeah. a lot of the things he drew came from the books he read, like Dr. Seuss books, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't know, he was three or four also when he drew green eggs and ham on the side of our dresser. And, you know, those weren't animals, but he soon really, really loved cartoon animals from those books. And it just kind of developed from there. He, he just loves, uh, he loves looking at animals, learning about animals. He doesn't necessarily want to touch a real animal or see it. Okay. But um, but he he really enjoys his animal books. That would be hard for me um, to, on the one hand, want to really encourage his artwork, and on the other hand, like, okay, could you please stop drawing on my walls and my furniture because I really can't clean that. You know, you don't want to get mad <laughs> at them. But how did you guys we handle that? To, <laughs> we had to just. Um, resign ourselves to the fact that this yeah. is the way it is yeah. and I mean we had little drawings you know two and a half feet high across our wallpaper all around the rooms and and he we had drawings on our furniture we we did not we bought a new couch when we first got married and didn't have children and we didn't buy new furniture again till about two years ago and we just got hand-me-down furniture. We weren't going to pay new for yeah. anything because we knew it would be destroyed. Yeah, makes sense. And that's just, we just had to, you know, 
decide this is just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so somebody asked us recently how, like they said, oh, I have a, I have a child who draws, uh, it's on the spectrum and draws, how do I encourage that? And, and part of that response was just, you, you, like, you got to let go of, of that material part of things, mm -hmm. you know, because, because those kids like, like Trent, he, he was just going to draw on whatever he was going to draw on. And, and I feel like if we would have fought him about that. And there were so many other things that we could fight him about. Um, but if we were going to fight him about that, that was going to be connected to the drawing. And we didn't want to stifle that outlet at all. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So you just go, well, you know, I can paint a wall. Yeah. It's just stuff. I, I can paint the dresser. We can get a new couch. Uh, whatever so yeah, it really did teach our children not to be materialistic or to yeah. put too much value yeah. in things because he did destroy a lot of their things and yeah um and we just had to learn well life's you know this is just life it's not always fair and we can replace those things yeah and tristan got a custom kitchen no one else has one like it so <laughs> she she should have been happy. <laughs> no she was not she's still not very happy <laughs> So you had mentioned um, that, you know, or a little bit earlier that trans communication is limited and it still is, is limited. And um, I know firsthand with my son who's 18 and is completely nonverbal, that that's extremely challenging for him, I know, and for the entire family. Um, I, I know you've also mentioned that it's gotten better as he's aged and just being able to kind of calm himself down. Do you know, has he been able to share with you kind of what calms him or how he can kind of bring himself out of some of those frustrations and situations where he's well, we can we can almost call Trent nonverbal just because he mm -hmm. has no conversational speech. He cannot tell us how he feels. He right. can't explain things. He can't show us where he hurts. He just um, mm -hmm. he has words that he can use um, in answering one word questions mm -hmm. or saying yes or no and he doesn't always receptively understand right. what we're asking as long as they're like very concrete yeah if it's not if it's if it's uh what's if it's abstract at all if it's feeling or emotion or what he doesn't doesn't process any of that. and we've even used like pictures to have mm -hmm. him show us point to this and he does not understand that either he i can tell either. you this is a sad face but he can't yeah. express yeah. that mm -hmm. yeah but it's almost call... like anything that's connected to anything like <laughs> so weird if it if it has anything to do with conversation that part just doesn't process and doesn't compute mm -hmm. if it if it's yeah i i don't know but i don't know how else to say it because everybody goes well did you try pecs have you tried aac have you tried drawing pictures have you tried this have you tried that yeah, we've tried yeah, everything. We've tried it. <laughs> and, and if it's communication, yeah. it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. He just his, does not get it. His favorite form of communication would be read my mind. <laughs> if we yeah. could read, because he yeah. will stand over us and just stare into stare. our souls like. No, Skyler yeah. does that too. Don't you wish you were like, what are you yeah. thinking? Yeah. Yes. I know. Yeah. That is yeah, so we feel like he would be capable of using an AAC or something, but he is not interested. We've yeah, tried. because it's communication it just doesn't care. Well, and it seems like, um, I think one of your videos I saw recently, um, 
you guys were asking him some questions like where's mom or whatever. And he gestures and Skylar's the same way. It feels like <laughs> he has, and I, I try not to blame myself and like think that I've babied him because I, that's the only way I've known how to get anything out of him. And I, I want him to have yeah. what he wants or needs. So well. he points at things. I'll open the refrigerator and I'll hold up two items. And I'm like, do you want this or this? And he points to that and he takes that and you know, well, and I feel the death that Trent uses the pointing because he didn't know how to point. I taught him how to point by holding his hand and holding his finger out when he was six years old, you know, and, and he still isn't very good at pointing. Mm -hmm. He'll he'll point to the side when he means in front of him or he just it's not natural at all. But I so I'm glad that he will use gestures for things in it and we'll try to point to things now. It's helpful. Yeah. Well, did he have any um, motor delays or physical limitations when he was little? No. No, he didn't. Um, he, he had incredible balance when he was very, very little. Um, but he is extremely uncoordinated. So <laughs> he doesn't, um, he yeah. doesn't. His body like, got bigger and, uh, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like to be feel unbalanced or even walking up open staircases. He hates it's terrible. Oh yeah. doesn't like the heights. Mm. Yeah. He's very scared of heights. Skylar's like have that a, too with, with stepping, like if it, it goes from carpet to flooring, he lifts his mm -hmm. foot ridiculously high, like oh. navigating, like, oh, this is wow. going to be different. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. Almost like a depth perception yeah. kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's really interesting. Uh, <laughs> Trent, when, so when he was young, we had a, we had an old style couch that, that somebody in the church had given us and it had like wide like the back of the couch and the the arms of the couch were the same height. And, and it was like a wide kind of top mm -hmm. and Trent would get up there at like, I, I don't know how old Andrea, like 18 months or something. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, really he, would, young. he would climb up there and get on the edge and he'd pace back and forth, like a balance beam on this little three and a half inch wide thing. And people would come over to the house and they'd walk in and they'd see him and they'd be like, oh my goodness. And we're like, just don't even worry. Like he's, he, he will not, and he never, he never, he never fell. He never, yeah. Our, our youngest son fell off everything. But he was a daredevil. He was a daredevil. He probably tried to mimic his brother, you know, like, hey, can you do it? I can do so, it. Uh, maybe so. Well, when, so when Trent was younger, you know, he had violent, Kind of tendencies and aggression, right? I mean, um, flying into a rage again. I keep saying, like, he's he reminds me so much of Skylar, and um, you know, it's just it's so hard for me. And I try to understand as he ages, I keep hoping that he either will grow out of it a little bit or he'll have a better way of calming himself down, or that maybe we're working on spelling right now. And he's taken to that pretty well, that he'll eventually be able to tell me what it is that makes him snap. You know, if it's something I say that triggers him or whatever, has, have you gotten any better idea of, um, you know, just kind of some of those things that maybe triggered him when he was younger, that doesn't seem to affect him now that he's an adult? Well, when he was younger, he had zero impulse control. He yeah. would react uh, just immediately and not think. I remember the, the first time I saw him stop before he headbutted me and, and thought I shouldn't do this and backed off. And he was probably 14 or 15. And, yeah. but he, he has learned to 
take it out on himself a little bit, mm. which we don't like either, but he's, he's, so he often bites his arms now. He often hits his head on the walls. Uh, and, and it's not every day. It is better, but he will do breathing. I also, he was learning that at his school. Mm -hmm. And, and I also remember the first time we heard him deep breathing and we thought, Oh, wow. Yeah. We talked yeah. to the school and they told us, well, we, he's been learning these things. And so he, he does use some of those strategies to help calm down. And he also likes to go to his room and just lay on his bed or sit on his bed, look at books. And so he, I, I know he, there are some strategies he uses to calm down, even when we don't realize he's upset. Mm -hmm. I think some of that is like, okay, when he was younger and he would get very violent and aggressive, um, if, if Andy or I raised our voices, you know, to one of the other kids, um, even, even if it like they're jumping off the roof of the house and we're like, no, don't do that. Trent would come running from whatever corner of the house he would in and, and attack. Like, so if you said no to another child or to the cat or the dog or something, he, he did not like that at all. And, and so that, that was kind of a trigger for him. He still doesn't like it. But he, but he handles it better. And, and I think a big part of that was, uh, and it's, it's, you know, controversial now, I guess, but um, when he was at HeartSpring, they used uh, ABA mm -hmm. therapy and <clears throat> they, they were incredibly consistent uh, in that. And so anytime he aggressed towards himself or towards somebody else, he was immediately stopped. He was immediately restrained. And, uh, and he was there for what, Andrew, seven or eight years? Eight years. Um, and, you know, I, and we credit a lot of his ability to calm and even to, to recognize that, oh, like, maybe I shouldn't do this, mm -hmm. um, to, to their consistent uh, and constant correction in those things. Because um, that's, that's probably when we saw the biggest change. Can you guys talk a little bit about HeartSpring. Um, it sounds like an incredible resource and an incredible organization that you guys have and just kind of what the setup of it is. HeartSpring is divided into two areas. There's the school side and then there's the PEDS side. And the PEDS side does outpatient therapy. They have people come in and do behavioral therapy, OT, PT, speech, those kinds of things. And the school side, most of the kids who go to that school actually live in the residential homes because we were only 25 or 20 miles away. We, he lived with us mm -hmm. and because we had two, two parents in the home, we could handle the behaviors, whereas some of the families couldn't, uh, but we were very fortunate that he could live at home with us and go to their day, day school. Um, but there's also part of HeartSpring that our, where our daughter works and she, she helps run the care program, which helps families uh, find resources. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's her job to speak to families and find out what they need and help find that in the community. So HeartSpring just really has a lot of, a lot to offer the community and it's, it's international. Mm -hmm. There are kids from other countries going to school there and living there. Wow. Are the resources so pretty good? Their... Oh, sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt um, are the resources overall pretty good, would you say, in Kansas for families with children on the spectrum, or is it like everywhere else? It's kind of hit or miss. 
Yeah. It depends on where you're yeah. at, right? Yeah. I, I work in Butler County, which is the county we live in, and our our county is pretty has a pretty good reputation for our special ed uh, interlocal. Yeah. Now, if you move over to another town close by, they they'll they won't feel the same. Yeah. Uh, so it just really, really varies. And we've also noticed as Trent's entered adulthood that there, there aren't the best resources for, for adults at all. Yeah. And we, we still, um, we talk about how it's going in his day program and, and things often like, is it, do we need to look at a change? Because there's really not an ideal for mm-hmm. him, especially there is a very good program for, um, special needs adults who are more social, uh, but it would just be too much for Trent. So yes. we just kind of had to patch some things together. He, his sister is his care provider on Mondays and Fridays. And then he goes to heart or to at Flint Hill services and a day program on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And that helps break up his week. What is, what does he do at the day program? I mean, I'm always curious about those because Skylar is getting close to aging out of services also and we don't have very many options here especially for someone like him who um is still struggling with toilet training and um you know is nonverbal and non-communicative and doesn't really have a device to carry around to communicate with the the caretakers or whatever I just don't want him I, I say this a lot on the podcast and I don't mean to offend anyone ever, but I just don't want him loaded into a van, taken to the zoo or taken to, you know, just kind of walk around places and just people staring at them. I don't know. I just, as a mom, I'm yeah. like, I just, if he's going to be on field trips all day and stuff, I'd rather just keep him here and I do stuff with him, but I don't know. So is Trent's yeah. better than that <laughs> or different? <laughs> That's a, I mean, I, that's a struggle and I, and I, it's a struggle that you don't know unless you're a parent of a, of a child in that situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think every, every, every parent has seen those groups of, of, uh, individuals and, yeah. uh, you know, I, that's a struggle. So Trent, Trent's day program, they do take them places sometimes usually it's very similar place they they go to um there's a catholic church in their town that they go and do some things at uh some and volunteer type of work there. Thing, yeah the ymca they go there and kind of hang out a little That's bit cool. um, but most of i i think you know we don't know for sure but but the i think that most of what he does is um the same thing that he does at home. Yeah. He finds a chair and he sits there and he looks at his drawings and he listens to his iPad music or, you know, he's, he's able to get on Wi-Fi there. Um, and, uh, and so listens to music and watches movies. And I do know that they <coughs> have um, a kitchen and the students help prepare lunch. So That's good. Yeah. Lunch there. The students help prepare that. Also, they bring in uh, some work to do, like when there was a festival going on in Wichita, they had mm-hmm. them put together the bags and they stuffed the bags. Yeah. So yeah. they get little jobs like that to do. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, if he, they give him the option to do these things or not. <laughs> and so Trent's likely going to say no. <laughs> I'll pass. Yeah. Sometimes, Thank you. sometimes he surprises us mm-hmm. and, yeah. and says yes. At home, he has a few chores that he does, and one is like unloading the dishwasher. And um, he, I usually do give him the option though. I'll say, "Do you want to unload the dishwasher?" 
And he sometimes says no. And I said, okay, now or later. So he knows he has to do it at some point and he'll say later and he will yeah. do it without us even reminding him. <laughs> but if given the option to absolutely not, <laughs> he probably is not. Being un unsocial, that, I mean, there's a sensory aspect to it as well. The chaos of uh, the other clients in the in the room, you know, based on whatever their exceptionality is that um, that causes him anxiety and, mm -hmm. and stress, you know, when there's a lot of movement or uh, students being loud or kind of getting in his face, mm -hmm. that really causes him problems. So we have him in um, the, the program that we have him in is part of the, this bigger program, but it's in a small, it's in a location that's smaller. They don't have as many um, clients. And so that, that helps. And they, they know he, he probably is capable of the most of more aggression towards uh, the other clients there than anybody else. And so they, the staff, I think, kind of give him a wide berth. So if he, if he wants to go into a room and, and be by himself and turn the light off and chill out, they kind of just let him do that. Well, um, yeah, their main that. facility. Yeah. Their main facility is actually literally across the highway from us, yeah. from our house. Yeah. But there's like so a half many, a mile. So many clients there. And so we have him go to their facility in another town that's about 20 miles away. Yeah. Isn't it kind but of just striking to you that. that there are that many adults with special needs that need something to do during the day? That's the thing when, when I do these episodes and I'm talking to parents with kids that are older like ours, and I'm just mind blown that they're are so many states, most of them, I would say, that don't have any any services after age 22. Like they kind of just forget about our kids and then parents have to decide, do we quit our jobs or does one of us quit our job and stay home? And I mean, weekends for us are a struggle, um, just entertaining Skylar all day or finding things to do with him. So I, I just cannot even fathom doing that seven days a week, all day long, me being his mm -hmm. entertainment. Because, you know, parents, they butt heads, at least I do with Skylar. Like, I'm the last person he wants to do therapy with or anything. <laughs> He's just like, no, yeah. leave me alone. I don't want to yeah. do anything with you. So, well, and that's kind of why we're, we're really happy our daughter has taken on mm -hmm. being his care provider on Mondays and Fridays because he loves going places with her. They go out to lunch, they go to the store. It's just the two of them. And, and it just kind of gives him some alone time with her and also those experiences mm -hmm. and it's and he's not doing the same thing five days in a row yep. at the same place you know yeah. he probably looks so forward to those, for now yeah those days with her well that's a, a perfect transition because i wanted to talk to you about all of the relationships with your three other children and trent um and i know your youngest has only known life with Trent and the oldest, you know, were there before he came along. So, um, you know, I have a daughter that's two years younger than her brother. And I've seen the stages, you know, when they were little, she tried to help him with therapy and she would, you know, try to mimic me and do stuff with him. And then teen years, it's like, uh, get away from me. Don't touch my stuff. Stop pulling my hair. I don't like you. <laughs> and then, you know, we're not to the graduation adult careers phase yet, but I'm, I'm so curious if they've evolved in their relationships together or if they've always just been super amazing kids, which I'm sure they are, and um, just kind of accepted Trent for how he is and never really got mad. <laughs> so, 
I don't know that any of our children ever really got mad at Trent. They got mad at the situation. Mm -hmm. I think they, they knew very, very young that he had no control over what he was doing. Mm -hmm. Even, even when he would destroy our oldest son's Lego creations, Trevor would get very, very mad, but he never, I never remember him lashing out at Trent or yelling at Trent, or it was just angry at the situation mm -hmm. and, and maybe a little angry at us for not stopping it. But he, you know, he knew we couldn't keep our eyes on him 24 seven. Mm -hmm. I know, but um, I'm really, the last podcast that we released, that was just our kids talking. Oh. Um, so our daughter's husband was the host and interviewed our kids. And, and I even loved his input. It was great, but it really made me feel good because all of them said things I, I hoped that they felt like Aww. Trevor said he was never resentful. And um, it was just, it was just so cool to listen to. And I couldn't be more proud. Oh, I need to listen to that one. Oh, my goodness. It's a, it's a, it can be a little bit of a tearjerker, but um, they, you know, they, they, I don't know, the grace of God, they handled that very difficult situation well. And, um, you know, they, they're not, they don't pretend like it wasn't difficult or it wasn't painful or frustrating. They're very aware of that. And they talk about those things that they, that they struggled with. You know, Tristan continues to bring up the, the kitchen, the, the kitchen <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah. She's like, you, Everybody was so excited that he drew on my kitchen, but he ruined my kitchen. Uh, and our youngest son, probably the worst for me was our youngest son. Um, there, there were times where Trent had to share rooms with uh, our oldest Trevor and our youngest TJ. And um, so TJ talked about that they had a bunk bed. Trent was on the bottom, TJ was on the top and they'd go to bed and Trent would get out of bed in the middle of the night sometimes, it's not all the time, but sometimes he'd get out and he would be upset or frustrated about something. He would take his great big phone books and throw them up in the air to the ceiling and they would drop down, um, which TJ's like terrified me because I thought, you know, he, he was mad and he was going to come after me. And I, we don't know if he was mad or he was just entertaining himself. Yeah. I'm not sure, but. Um, but so TJ said he just like climbed under the covers and like tried to be quiet because he thought if T if Trent realized that he was in the room, he would come up and get him. Aww. And so that was, that was tough. Um, but you know, but then TJ's like, but he didn't, you know, like he never did come up and attack me or anything. And so we got through it and then Trent got his own room and, <laughs> and it was fine. So they all recognized that there were, you know, they had, there were individual struggles between each of the kids and, and Trent. Um, and they recognized those, they, they accept the, the way that they felt about those things, but are able to kind of have been able to kind of look past those things and go, it, what it, the, it would they not take it personally, I guess. Mm -hmm. This is just, who Trent is and how he deals with things and it's different from us. And so that, you know, like this is just life. And we did a lot of, this is not fair. It's not fair that Trent has autism. It's not fair that we have to deal with these things. It's not fair that he destroys your stuff. 
Uh, it's not fair that he gets to eat chicken nuggets every night and you have to eat vegetables. Um, but life isn't fair. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's different for everybody. So here you go. <laughs> Trent had a very different relationship with each of our children. Uh, yeah. The oldest, the oldest went away to college when Trent was 13. And so he wasn't around for those tough teenage years. And, um, our daughter. Or, or the Trent improving and getting better at controlling. Trevor right. was gone for the, that that whole change in how Trent functioned with the rest of the family. Right. And over the last few years since he has moved back to the area, he has spent a lot more time with Trent. And I noticed he's very good with him. And he had to learn, he just learned that in the last few years yeah. because he wasn't around as much. But our daughter and he and Trent are only uh, 19 months apart. And they're extremely close. And from the time he was born, she was second mom. She oh, was bringing wow. me both of their diapers, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and she has always been his protector. She has always said, Trent is mine. And, you know, Aww. anything happens to mom and dad, he is, you know, he's living with us and, and her husband's right in there 100%. So that's very good. Um, our youngest son was very different for him, for him. He was diagnosed with OCD. And probably on the high end of the spectrum, mm -hmm. you know, very high functioning. Uh, but he he uh, has really developed into a good caretaker for Trent as well. He doesn't always understand Trent as well as the others. Uh, he doesn't really see the purpose in talking to Trent since Trent doesn't talk back to him. <laughs> so it's just very different yeah. relationship. TJ's pretty, pretty non-social as well, though like kind of almost introverted, I think in some, in some ways. Mm -hmm. And, and so, and, and he's very like black and white. Mm -hmm. Why would I have a conversation with somebody who can't respond or <laughs> yeah. understand or talk like mm -hmm. back? Like that just doesn't make any sense to him. So yeah, we have like two and a half uh, neurotypical children. <laughs> two and a half. <laughs> has your daughter, I mean, has she pretty much always known that she wanted to go into this kind of field of caretaking and, you know, no, is Actually, that later? No, hmm. no, she, she sings, she sings very well. Oh, wow. Um, she didn't really want to make a career in singing, but she often wondered if music was a path for her. Um, she does lead the worship at our church. I was going to so say, I'm sure she, she sings well it. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, she and I actually sing together. So, um, but she has always known that she needed to be there for Trent. She didn't always know it would lead her to kind of a career in that area. Yeah. But she's a natural. Mm -hmm. She's yeah. a natural. I, before I was a psychologist, I was a special ed teacher mm -hmm. and she would help me in the summers with summer school. And she was just as good a teacher as I was Aww. since she was like in elementary school. So, um, been very good. Yeah. yeah she went to, she went to local university, uh, um, for uh, religion and philosophy. Um, she thought and, she might uh, want to be a speaker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and she yeah. still, and she does that as part of her job. She goes and, and does, um, talks to the people in the community about autism. Businesses. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like recently she, she spoke to the special ed teachers at one of my schools, uh, one of the schools in my district. And she also has gone to a couple of fire departments to talk to them about what to expect yep. if you're 
dealing with a person on the spectrum. So very smart. Um, she is using she is using those yeah. skills and she um I don't I don't know if I I don't think I have one um but but she helped HeartSpring develop a um a sticker for parents to put on like their the doors of their house or mm -hmm. on their vehicles that um I don't remember exactly what they say but but it it mentions that there's someone with a um someone who's not able to communicate yeah, yeah. we have a seatbelt yeah. thing for Skyler exactly in the car uh, yeah yeah and like velcros um, around or whatever and so they made those available to to um to parents and individuals in the community and and whatever mm -hmm. and so she yeah she's um just very good at at what she does. That's awesome. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer that our children with special needs were given to us for a purpose, for a higher purpose than I may never know in this lifetime what it was for. But I think the siblings that they're blessed with too are purposeful as well. I think that they're, they're a perfect match, whether we see it when they're young or it takes until they're adults to figure that out. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I just, the amount of empathy and the amount of just compassion that my daughter has for the littlest things. She wants to be a vet and always has, mm -hmm. she just loves animals and is just so, just so delicate with just anything living, you know, any living thing, whatever. She's just so involved, invested in that. So I'm hoping she'll come around. <laughs> She's 16, so you know. It's, I yeah. I truly believe that all of our children are much better people for having been raised with Trent. Yeah, I do. I believe that 100. And I was told by a friend when Trent was little and really tough that we were doing our other children a disservice by not sending him away somewhere. Gosh. And I I couldn't even I didn't even I couldn't even respond I wouldn't have, because yeah. I thought you I can't even explain to you the benefit this is to my children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, yes, but and animals I too. She, I hope she can look yeah. at them now and see. Yeah, oh. I get that sometimes. I posted a video just showing about Skyler. He smacks his leg and he hits us and he pulls my hair. That's like kind of his thing. Um, and he, you know, he'll smack the dog. We have a, a large boxer and he'll kind of smack her on the bottom. If I can't grab his hand fast enough to stop him, it's occasional. It's not hurting her. She she doesn't nip at him. She understands. I mean, I don't let it happen. I don't let him abuse the dog. But of course, I got a comment that like, oh, yeah. you should protect that dog. I'm like, I do protect the dog. They are never alone yeah. together. Like, he doesn't go after her, you know, whatever. But they don't know that they don't know the story. Yeah. They don't know. Live our yeah. life one full day and you'll not. Yeah. We used to joke that uh, we, you know, because we've had to restrain Trent mm -hmm. in, in public before. Um, we've had to pull him out of the vehicles and, and hold him down in the ditch on the side of the highway. Um, I, I mean, there's a lot of situations. And so we, you know, many times when he was going through those phases, we'd be like, um, if, you know, somebody saw this, like very easily could call the cops uh, or DCF or whatever. Fortunately, that never happened, which I'm very surprised at. Um, but but the joke always was, uh, well, if the police ever showed up and they and they took him out of our care, they put him in their car, 
we would we'll just stay in the same spot we're all we're in because five minutes later they'll bring him back you say the same thing i yeah. know it's terrible but we laugh about it it's too. terrible but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring him back. i mean they'll figure it out yep. and yeah you know people just you 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 don't understand the things we enjoy talking with families like you because you just don't get it if you if you haven't been in it yeah and um, and it's just very difficult to explain those things to people who are who are outside who have neurotypical children or no children um, and or children with much higher functioning mm -hmm. autism because it's not yeah. the same. It isn't the same. It's not the same. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's wh why I do this. That's, I mean, I just want to meet so many more people and who are farther ahead than me in the journey by a few years or whatever to what to expect. I mean, I didn't know all the stuff I needed to do for guardianship, for social security, oh, yeah. all of that stuff until I met several parents of adults um, doing this podcast. Mm -hmm. So it's been yeah. a huge wealth of resource for me. Mm -hmm. And just to laugh. I mean, my gosh, I can't, I can't stress out and cry every day about being smacked or, you know, getting accosted in target, um, by my son or whatever. Um, I do appreciate people that say, are you okay? Do you need anything? And I'm like, no, thank you so much. You know, mm -hmm. he has special needs. I, yeah. I, I'm taking care of it, but I appreciate it. That is more yeah. helpful to us than someone calling the police thinking it's a domestic dispute between right. my adult son and myself. Right. Yep. Um, yep. Another set of moms that I'm friends with, um, they all live in California, but they made up little business cards. And I thought that was genius. They, if they're having a situation in public, they hand out the card and it says, mm -hmm. you know, my, my son has autism, he's nonverbal. Please, you know, don't contact the authorities. I've got it handled just so that they don't have time to discuss that with someone and handle their situation that's happening. Yeah. So I thought that was a right. beautiful idea. Yeah, yeah I've seen to... those cards before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, on a it's, positive side, I mean, Trent is so famous for his drawings um, and social media. And I know that you guys have a website and that HeartSpring actually created a coloring book of all of his drawings years ago. Is that still available? And how can people access the t-shirts and all of his really cool animal drawings? The coloring book from HeartSpring actually kicked off the whole business really yeah. uh, yes heartspring when their children when their students get older they look for the one thing they can do for some people it might be folding towels at a hotel for you know for somebody else it might be being janitorial doing janitorial duties they knew trent had this this huge talent and they just thought what can we do to to use that mm -hmm. for him and that's how the coloring book came about yeah one of the um so the guy who actually does their website, um, he so he's walking through the the C-suite offices, and in every one of the offices, there's there's these pictures, these drawings or whatever on their walls or their desks or whatever, and and they're all Trent's things that he that he'd drawn and they'd hung up in there, and he's like why aren't we doing something with this? Yeah. And so they contacted us. And so his name is Kendall and he started um, going in. He, he got permission from his whoever. And every Friday he would go every Friday that he wasn't swamped. He would go in uh, and Trent and him would find a room just by themselves. 
and and Kendall is is not a like he's not trained he's not he just is a dude who's a really incredible artist himself and works the website at HeartSpring and cares about their mission and saw Trent and so he started going in every week and drawing with Trent and just talking to him and drawing with him um, and and kind of that's you know where the coloring book and everything came out of um, and we have this really this, this really funny story Kendall and Trent were drawing one day and and again Kendall is a fantastic artist but Kendall has to sketch things out you know and then and then go over them and get the final product right. so Kendall and Trent decided they were going to have a, a contest well Kendall decided they were going to have a contest and they were each going to draw Phineas and Ferb. Oh yeah, from the Trent's favorite show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so okay, they each drew them, and then he posted these two pictures. He texted them to Andrew and I, and said, "Can you tell which one is Trent's and which one is mine?" And the only difference between the two sets of pictures, both Phineas and Ferb, the only difference was that the hands on the characters that Kendall drew looked like human hands and the hands on Trent's characters looked a little more cartoony was the only difference in the picture and then as we talk about that Kendall's like okay you also need to know that it took me like 10 minutes to draw Phineas and Ferb and Trent was done in 30 seconds with a sharpie right yeah <laughs> I think he drew with a pen yeah 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 when, um, Trent, when Trent draws for his own pleasure he draws with a ballpoint pen Yep. Um, when he draws on the live feeds, he wants to draw with a sharpie. I don't know what the difference is, <laughs> but like he has drawn with own... sharpies in the past. Yeah. He he uses yeah. both of them, but yeah, I don't know for but whatever reason. Pen, he likes the groove it makes in the paper. That's why he draws on phone books a lot. Mm -hmm. yep. um, he also makes a lot more detail if he's drawing for his own pleasure. Oh yeah. It's a lot higher quality when he's yeah. drawing what he wants to draw with his pen. Yeah. yeah. And it's so I don't know that we ever answered your question. So yeah, no. started with the coloring book, mm -hmm. and then Andrea shared a video of Trent drawing on our trampoline. Like he just grabbed sidewalk chalk one day and went out and got on the trampoline and started drawing. And when I when we saw him, he he had kind of drawn him. I know there's not corners on a trampoline. Yeah, people, but, but I know what you mean. Drawn right? himself into a corner, yeah. kind of. And <laughs> and he was drawing the animals upside down from like, like he did with the alphabet on Tristan's kitchen. And so it's crazy. So that video goes viral, just kind of on a fluke um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and took off and people from all over the world were contacting us and asking us it, can I buy his art? Does he have his art for sale? And we had a coloring book and we shipped that coloring book probably to every oh, country world. in the world. Oh, that's so um, cool. It lasted Crazy. about two months yeah. and then it just dropped off to nothing, <laughs> yeah. but we kept the business going and mm -hmm. we, um, we've taken him to a lot of events. Uh, we go to yeah. Ocali con when it's in person in mm -hmm. Ohio and we, um, we go to Which, speech language conferences and some other, if your listeners, if your listeners don't know anything about Ocali con, it's Ohio center for autism and low incidence. They have it in November, I think the middle of November every year. It's been, it was virtual last year. It'll be virtual this year, but we're hoping it'll be back in person again mm -hmm. in 22. It's but a huge, wonderful event. It is, it is huge and it is fantastic. Where in Ohio it's, is it? That's not far from me. It's in Columbus. Columbus. Oh, okay. 
it's in down, it's at the convention center in Columbus yeah. and the and, and the and and the people who put that on are at they're fantastic to work yeah. with they put on an incredible conference um and and it is just it, it's as far as we're concerned it's the best um that that we certainly have ever been to or heard of so uh yeah fantastic so we go to that we go to other things uh local things um we haven't ever like we've been told about like the national uh slp uh conference that they have in california or something mm. um and there's some other ones but uh but their booth rent is like Wouldn't i don't know five thousand dollars or something it's ridiculous and also um trent trent we can't take him out That's of yeah he yeah. doesn't fly okay. so to get there would be us loading up and driving across the country yeah. which is kind of what we do to columbus but yeah <laughs> it's a little different and Trent so, travels well. Trent travels really well. So that's good. Kindle then put together a second coloring book, which is a lot more detailed. He took Trent's art and made uh, just kind of more of an adult coloring book called Motley Menagerie. And so we do have both of those coloring books available on our site at drawingsbytrent.com. That's where our store is. And then we've added things. We've added cards. We have t-shirts. Andrea. Yeah, cards. Um, <laughs> t-shirts and... Um, hats stickers yeah socks we just added socks. socks i love that i mean it's just, several different there's just so many things like you know when you find out what your child is passionate about the thing that's cool about it is it's it's not work it's not like he's in a sweatshop you know i mean you yeah. try to just, you said before i think that it's very calming for him when he draws he only draws when he's calm. So clearly if he's not drawing, you know, you can't force it on him, but that he enjoys right. doing it. You're not like making him turn out this yeah. stuff. He loves it so much and he's been doing it his entire life. So I, I commend you for selling it. Cause I, I know so many people love all of his drawings and they, I love your live videos where people write in and say, have him draw mm -hmm. this and this. And it's, I think people, do they, feel like they can stump him or something because the some of the stuff they ask <laughs> yeah, to draw it's like I think so. you know yeah. draw like a whatever yeah. I don't know just and really, random I think, I think the reason I think the reason Trent is willing to to do the request is that I do think he likes the challenge yeah um yeah. because if he didn't he wouldn't want to do it mm -hmm. yeah. so yeah I like <laughs> the weird ones too because he's gonna yeah. do it I know he will yeah and there's so and many always... requests that I've just kind of started putting the kind of odd ones in the cup because I'm like, you know, he's seen them do these other animals. Let's see yeah. something more challenging. We, we always ask him, you know, do you want to draw um, or can we take a video or whatever? And, and so we try to be sensitive about mm -hmm. that. Uh, and he almost always is compliant. But, you know, like, like everybody, when you're out in, in public, you, we're going to have people you know, we've had some people, somebody just on a video we posted last night said, it sounded like, sounds like you're exploiting your oh, disabled son. Lord, and, I'm sorry. And, I, and we, and we laugh about this. We're like, okay, it, this, he loves to draw. It takes him two seconds to draw this thing. And then we bust our butts for no, like, it's great that the amount of work that goes in after he produces something. Yep. And then we've got the whole family over here, folding shirts, packaging things. We produce most of the stuff. So we're making, like, if we're not, we're not working our other full-time jobs mm -hmm. or taking care of him or doing a, like we're downstairs, we're, 
we're packaging, we're producing, we're making these things. What and and he just sits around and eats and draws and whatever he wants. I'm like, yeah. if anything, he's exploiting us. Uh-huh. And the family. <laughs> Everybody's in on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, and it's not like we're like the goal of all this, it, like we're gonna, we're not gonna be here forever. Uh-huh. We don't want our other children or the state to have to be responsible for him for the rest of his life. Yes. And so we're using this God-given talent that he has to hopefully create uh, some financial ability for him to be taken care of when we're not here. Yes. And you have nothing Um, to apologize for. And the business has cost us way more than we have gotten. So Yeah. Yep. I mean, believe me, if I could stick an instrument in Skylar's hand and he just starts playing <laughs> or if, if I hand him a pencil yeah. and he doesn't throw it, which is usually what he does now, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, okay, you don't like to draw. You certainly don't like to play music. He loves to listen to music. 80s yeah. are a big one for him, like Trent. Oh yeah. And awesome. uh, hip hop loves rap and hip hop and stuff. It's so funny. <laughs> but I mean, believe me, I have looked at every single angle to see if I could bring out of him what he likes to do. And I'm still struggling. I haven't done anything yet. So in the meantime, we're funding his trust, but you're right. We're not going to be here forever. And I just want him to have something that he's proud of. I imagine Trent is so, whether he can, you know, articulate that he's proud of himself, but he's got to feel so accomplished that something that he drew that was effortless for him is now making people smile all over the world when they're coloring or when they're wearing his shirts or whatever. I mean, you know, he feels it. Corey struggles more with believing things like, oh, he's proud because Trent doesn't show it. But just the fact that he will go to these conferences and sit in the booth and have people talking to him and people everywhere. Things we know he he doesn't doesn't like. Yeah, things we know he doesn't like, but he is tolerating it and wants to be there. That tells me that he probably is feeling proud. He knows they're they're saying good job to him. He knows they're buying his stuff. Um, So I do feel like he does feel some pride in that. And Mm -hmm. even though we're not even sure he realizes the people watching him online are people. Yeah. Like we don't need. He's on TV. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know that he acknowledges that, Mm -hmm. but he's, but like Corey said, he, he's willing to do it. And um, I think there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I think every parent, um, every parent wants their child to, experience the fullness of life mm-hmm. and you know we've gone like that's been a struggle over you know full well my child is probably never going to be in a relationship is never going to be married never going to experience this or that or the, and and that is you know we, we've we've sat next to his bed at night and prayed with him and and you know and cry when we're done because mm-hmm we realize that that there's so many things that he's going to miss out on we all every parent every every decent parent human wants their child to not just productive and we are just incredibly fortunate that we found a way for that to happen for him mm-hmm. and, and and we know you know we know people whose whose children have uh, different issues that they're dealing with that then they're never going to experience that mm-hmm. and and so that's ah oh man we just we feel um we feel that and 
and you just can't you just can't know that unless you've been yeah unless you've been and it's hard for um i don't know if we ever get to the place that we're okay with it i think we just all get to the position where it's just our life and we know that that's it but you know there was something on tv the other night and my husband and i just the statement in the commercial or whatever was something about empty nesters and i looked at him and he looked at me and we both just (laughs) kind of smiled we'll never know what that's like i mean and and i'm okay with it it's not like i want to you know ship skylar off the minute i can when he turns 22 or whatever he'll live with us forever as long as i'm able to take care of him and um you know, that I'm, I still have the abilities to do that, but it's just, we'll never have a retirement where we just buy a place in Florida and, you know, skip yep. the country or whatever. Um, he'll always be in yeah. tow with us. Even our anniversary dinners, it's the three of us sitting at a table together yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Um, we just don't, we don't have any respite, we don't have any help. So it's just, yep. it's, a, it's yep. okay. I, I, I've accepted that and I'm fine with it. And I'd rather me be taking care of him than some stranger that I can't trust to love him like I do. So, um, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. I, I know you guys have been through those same feelings and same discussions. Is there any, a lot of time, a lot of time it's morning going through that. I think, I think Corey, especially kind of went through a morning phase where it'll never be just the two of us. Yeah. But then I, I mean, I saw him cross that bridge and, and realize we're very fortunate to, to have him in our lives mm-hmm. and to, we won't have to be alone, you know, not have to be alone, but he, I saw him come to terms with that. And it really, it's, it's a different life, but it's not a bad life. Mm-hmm. Yep. We learn a lot from them. Well, I know, I mean, it's hard to give other people advice or words of encouragement, but if there's anything you could say to parents who maybe are still in the throes of the aggression and some of that, and their child is not an adult yet, um, and they're still having these feelings like, man, I just, I, I can't see myself doing this when my child is in 20s and 30s and 40s. Like, when when is this going to end? You know, I just need a calm moment or my child to grow out of this or whatever is there anything you can share just about the transition from the violence and aggression to where Trent really is now and where you guys are now I know we talked about this on our podcast on one episode it was really helpful when he was little to to remember that this too shall pass everything changes eventually and in the throes of it, it feels like forever, but there is an, there is another side and it's, it's going to be different eventually. And you just have to take one day at a time and just wait, just wait for that to happen. And we don't know, none of us know what tomorrow holds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when Trent was <clears throat> so violent and aggressive that we, we finally came to this point, made this decision that if he was at home, I had to be at home because there wasn't anybody else in the family physically able to restrain. Like he was just so incredibly strong. Um, in the, in the midst of that and, and those, you know, I don't remember how many, eight or 10 years or whatever it was in the midst of that, we could have never imagined that we would be in the place we are. And so I, I think, don't ever let the problems that you're facing um, like blot out the 
possibilities um, that that might that might come, mm-hmm. and they may never come. But you know, I I think we're we like we just go. Somebody asked me the other day, "How are you handling like this new pressure?" Because eight hundred fifty thousand followers on social media and people commenting and and saying things like that's a whole new level of pressure and all and the sales to the website and all that stuff is a new level of pressure. So how do you, how are you handling all of that? And the response was, "Well, it's not always easy, but we're handling this just like we handled it back when Trent was." was aggressing all the time um we just do it together mm-hmm. and um and and so you know i i think you 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 find the strength to get through the things that that you face and uh, and you just you just keep going and also another thing is don't do it alone i mean if you're a single parent dealing with this reach out to your family, reach out to any resources you can, because you cannot do it alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the stuff we're doing now, our kids are willing to, our other kids are willing to help us with anything. My parents are willing to help us with anything. We don't leave Trent with them as often just because he's so big and, and they're getting older, but don't, you're not in this alone. You don't have to be. You don't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, and, especially and are, now, the network is so yeah. large of families oh, yeah. that are going through this at all different stages and different levels. And it's not as isolating as it used to be when our kids were little. Oh, yeah. So it was very isolating. We we tried to find support. We tried to find people in the situ- same situation as us, and we couldn't. Mm-hmm. We went to the, um, the <laughs> Kansas Autism Society meetings in Wichita, and there were several couples there or single parents, there were a bunch, but every one of them told a story of their 12 year old who was just diagnosed with Asperger's. And we're like, our five-year-old is, is fighting us, you know, yeah. they could not, none of them could relate to us. They're like, and, what was it? What was the one they were like, <clears throat> you had to go around the room and everybody had to tell something that you'd struggled with that week. <clears throat> and we were the last. <clears throat> and it comes around and like close to like several times people are like, well, my nanny is having a really difficult time, you know, with potty training or whatever. And it comes to us and we're like, well, every day this week, Trent tried to kill us all. <laughs> like, it's just, there's it's no, funny, there but it no is. comparison. <laughs> yeah. We didn't it was know crazy. very long. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. did not. Yeah. And you know, the internet hadn't taken off like it did. Social right. media wasn't around. Yeah. We yeah. we did feel very alone for mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. But thankfully we had we had my parents for support. We had there were friends who were great support too. And mm-hmm. um, we didn't feel alone, but we did feel alone in that nobody else nobody we don't know anyone who's going through this. Yep. Too. Yep. Us too. We don't even have family yeah. nearby. So it, it, it's been interesting. It's been interesting, but that's, I mean, again, that's the, the beauty, even though you got to take the good with the bad with social media and um, just being able to connect with people and you just kind of have to dismiss the trolls mm-hmm. and, you know, not really mm-hmm. worry about that. Um, and podcasts too. I mean, again, that's why I started this one because I didn't find many with hosts that had children that were older. Um, you know, mm-hmm. just, I just, 
for my own selfish reasons, I kind of wanted to connect with people yeah. who are older as well so that I could learn more. And then we can continue to share with the parents with younger kids what we've learned mm-hmm. and experienced and maybe save them from some heartaches that yeah. you don't have to go through right. or, you know. Right. So um, on that topic, I guess, I just wanted to um, make sure I mentioned that um, the, the podcast that your family started this year is called Used Up Pens. Is that um, able to be uh, listened to by anyone on any platform or is that just a strictly yes. your family venting thing? <laughs> like, just for you guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it is available, I believe, on all platforms. Now. Okay. Um, at first, it's through Anchor. And at first it was through Apple and Spotify, but I've heard people say you could listen to it on about any platform. Okay, so, perfect. I want to listen wonderful. to the sibling episode for sure. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. make my daughter listen to it with me. <laughs> our oldest son is producing it and kind of directing it. And our daughter is the host and she also chimes in sometimes. And um, it's just been really a great experience. And um, I, I didn't good for realize how good it would be for, for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so therapeutic. It really is, you know, to just, especially like you said before, hearing what your kids' real feelings are and, and thoughts, it has to make you proud as parents that yeah. you did something right along <laughs> the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it does. I am very proud of them. Yeah. From the, from the beginning, the, the goal, the goal for Drawings by Trent, you know, we're like, what? like we're doing this stuff what what why (laughs) what's the what's the why here and and yes part of it is like we want to be able to provide um for Trent's future but really as we as we thought about that and talked about it we we said okay through Trent's art and um the things that we do we we want to encourage families you, you know might be struggling with some of the same things that we've gone through and dealt with and continue to, to struggle with. So we want to be an encouragement to them. We want to educate communities that that um, people with autism or or other um, differences, uh, they, they, they shouldn't just be locked up in, in some program somewhere, yeah. that they that they can provide better, like maybe it's not in the way that that a neurotypical person might traditional jobs provides mm-hmm. value well, yeah mm-hmm. but but they can provide beneficial things that that raises us all as um as as people and as humanity so we want to educate communities in in that way and and then just through that art and his story be able to kind of inspire everybody um one of the things that that i enjoy the most is is hearing um like professional artists who watch trent draw and go this, this, like, there's no explanation. Like you can't, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, uh, and so the, the podcast, um, uh, doing things like this, uh, social media, all that stuff is just a way that we can encourage and educate and inspire. And, um, and, and so we want to, we want to do those things as often, um, as we can. Well said, Pastor Corey. <laughs> A lot of the questions that we get on social media, we answered those questions in the podcast. Oh, cool. Say, okay. You know, and, and not, not intentionally, yeah. they just ask a question and say, well, that was addressed in our podcast. Listen to our yeah. podcast. Yeah. And, uh, so we cover a lot of stuff. 
Oh, that's so great. I can't wait. I'm going to be a new listener because I'm sure I'll learn a lot (laughs) from you guys. I could talk to you all day, I swear. And uh, I hope our conversation can continue past this. Um, But I really appreciate you guys being guests so much and taking a chance on some crazy woman who reached out to you. (laughs) No, thank you for reaching out to us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've enjoyed your podcast as well since I since you connected with us. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And thank you so much for your time. And I wish you all the best. And Trent's drawings, I'm sure I'll see him as a Disney animator one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, we don't know, we don't know exactly how to make that happen, but you know, maybe yeah. someday. maybe yeah, somebody listening is connected. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll take care. Thank you. Thank right. you. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.